Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. Today is a solo duo episode together mm-hmm. where we're going to be talking about your soul age or your soul level. And this is something that um, actually comes from a system called the Michael system that is a channeled system um, that teaches us about life in general and reincarnation. But it's just something that I thought was really interesting. And I've always found it really helpful when we're meeting with our family members and it's the holiday season and we're having a lot of gatherings. I think it's really helpful to understand the fact that we all do have different soul ages. And because of that, we have different life lessons that we're here to experience and different aspects of life that we're really focused on. So if you ever feel unseen by a family member or someone that you're connected with in some way, it can literally be that they do not have eyes to see you, right? They're operating at a different level of consciousness where you're not able to be seen or recognized for the things that you're interested in necessarily if you are on different soul levels or ages. So we're going to walk through that in a bit and just kind of um, have a conversation around that. But before we do, we just wanted to say that we're back home from Mexico. We just got back from speaking and sharing human design at the Transcendence Festival. And it was such a beautiful trip and kind of surprising because we were there in tropical paradise right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So for us, it (laughs) felt kind of like whiplash to be in this tropical blue ocean zone, but it was amazing. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Mexico, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, they're gorgeous. The vibes were amazing. The people were amazing. And we did so many adventurous excursions <laughs> this trip because we prolonged our our vacation, if you will, or our, our experience a week. So that way we could really explore the area. And then we went to the festival at the end. And the festival was incredible too. So yeah, we just had the best time. We swam in cenotes. We went into a cave cenote that was in the pitch black. Like it was huge under there. There was a ton of little cute bats and we turned off our flashlights and literally you can't see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark. We did a little meditation and prayer in there and it was just so special. The the waters there feel so healing. And then to go into Transcendence Festival, when we first arrived, it was a little bit of a shock because everyone was so in it. Everyone was so present and so committed to surrendering and just being in it. And I think from the outside world, it would look like this is really hippie vibes, like hippies to the max. (laughs) And, you know, other festivals that you might go to, it's very like dance, music, party vibes, but not every single person you meet is like staring into your soul and like 
moving their bodies so freely and singing and drumming so presently. And so when we first got there, it was a little bit like, wait, where are we? We've been in like Mexico adventure travel vibes. And now we're in this place that's so deeply present and this reverence that the frequency of the festival had. And once we settled in, it was honestly one of the most special festivals I've ever been to. And I know I've shared that I'm not really a festival person, but the the energy of every single person there and the commitment to authenticity and just being a genuinely welcoming, loving soul was incredible. Every single person that you passed would look you in the eye, would give you a hug, would smile at you. The ecstatic dance parties were just so amazing and liberating and really like a a trust fall into your own arms with surrender. Like, can you truly surrender around, you know, 200 strangers and really just go there? And everyone was doing that. So I really loved the experience. It was... I feel like one of a kind. And so I'm sure that they're going to do these in the future. We would love to see you there at, at a future one because it's, I don't think you can find that unique frequency at any other festival, but be ready to like, you know, get dirty, get weird, <laughs> get sweaty, get sweaty. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, let down the walls of, of judging yourself, of judging others, of comparing yourself. I think it was also a really good experiment in deconditioning of releasing, comparing yourself to other people. Honestly, this whole container of hundreds of people, I felt like there was genuinely no comparison in anybody's uh, minds totally. or egos or souls. Like it was just people just being there and being seen and seeing others. Which is so special and so rare. You know, we were saying before we went to that festival, just knowing Miguel and Sylvia who put on this festival, who we interviewed Miguel on a previous podcast about intentional community and creating a sacred container for people to gather in. It's just so beautiful to have that experiment in real time to be in a container that is set so intentionally and then to feel that. So that's what Shana was saying. Like be, when we're traveling, we've been in airports and taxis and, you know, learning a new language and you're in all of these uncomfortable places where you're not necessarily super dropped into your core because you're very external trying to understand what's happening outside of you. So to come into that container at first is like, wow, we are entering a different space, a different frequency that we are just entering into right now. And then you feel yourself become a part of that container. And the one of the first things that we did actually when we got to that festival was the ecstatic dance. And it was partner dancing where you met with partners that you had never spoken to before. And you close your eyes and you're dancing together, contact dancing. And at first it's like so awkward. And you know, you feel that energy of just uncomfortableness before you settle into a place or before you feel comfortable opening up. At least I do. I think that's really like a four line thing. It's maybe more enhanced, but I think all of us can, can identify with that or resonate with needing to settle into somewhere. And at first feeling a little uncomfortable in our skin until we feel comfortable being vulnerable, opening up, getting grounded. But that ecstatic dance, I was thinking, wow, what a powerful tool because it instantly shifted my energy to just be sweating and connecting and um, dancing, expressing the different elements through your body. It just made me feel like, wow, there's so many powerful tools that are at our fingertips, like resources that we can use. Imagine a world where this is more common. 
commonplace, you know, to come into a space and to immediately partner dance with people and to be able to let down those ego walls and just be in that, that, that place together is so special. Yeah, it really was. I'm like, I want to go back. I want to do, yeah. I want to do that dancing and, again because yeah, being held and moved by somebody else, like they had you close your eyes and go into the center of like literally two or three other strangers and they move your body for you while your eyes are closed. Yeah. And that surrender. Yeah, that surrender felt so good. And we do a static dance at all of our retreats or like five rhythms, you know, guided movement, because we find that being able to drop into your body like that helps you get out of your mind and into that flow. It's just such a powerful medicine. And also while we were in Mexico, one of our favorite things was seeing so many spirit animal messengers. And every night before we would go to bed, we would have this ritual of setting intentions for what we were calling in for that next day, the things that we wanted to experience and doing that all together. Because it was Shana and I, and then two of our other close um, soul family that traveled with us. And one of the things that we asked for each day was to have special surprises from the universe, like these blessings that came in and surprised us. And so many of those came each day in the form of these animal messengers. We saw a parrot fly by, um, like a macaw, which is actually very rare to see in that area. We saw so many iguanas. We saw a quati, which is kind of like a um, anteater lemur kind of looking animal. We saw this little wild it looked like a guinea pig. It's kind of like in the rodent family, which they call a chepasquinkle. I think I'm saying right. Um, which is, yeah, so cute. Like We saw all of these different animals and each time it just felt like such a surprise and delight from the universe. And that was definitely a huge theme for us as we were traveling through. Yes. And I don't know why I'm feeling called to share this right now, but... I'm have huge news that I've had in Mexico the whole trip, which is that I am pregnant. And Dana's like shocked because I wasn't going to share this yet, but I don't know why. I feel like I can't talk about Mexico and like the magic of Mexico and the healing waters that we were in without talking about the fact that we had we had my baby another there presence too. with There's us. There's another presence. Yes. Wow. So. You better give no preference preface to that huge news in this conversation, but <laughs> I love it. The G Center lives its own flow. So that is huge news, everyone. Shayna yes. and Brian are pregnant. They have she had a little baby cherry slash fig sized <laughs> being growing in her body while we were in Mexico. Yeah. So um, Mexico was so, I feel like the whole time that I was there, I wasn't nauseous. I wasn't, um, as tired and I just felt really good. And there were so many things that we did. So many surprises, like you're saying with animals and things like that, that just felt like a gift to this experience that my body's going through right now. Um, and this soul of this being that's being grown right now, but yeah, we are like, 10, 11 weeks pregnant. I'm like, when you're listening to this, it may be 12 weeks. But yeah, we're having a baby. It's going to be a cancer. Due date is July 15th. And of course, I've ran all the charts, the human design charts possible. And it's really like 
open to any and every design. It changes about every three hours. So that feels really exciting because sometimes you can look at a date and it's like, no matter what, you're guaranteed to have this design. Um, But the profile might change or like some of the gifts might change, but for sure, they're going to be this type with this authority. And on and around our date, it really is like, could be a projector, could be a manifester, could be a mansion, could be a generator um, and all different authorities. So it feels really exciting and special. And for those of you who know and have been listening to this podcast, we've been talking about going on this pregnancy journey, like starting our families for a few years now. And Brian and I really committed to um, having a lot of reverence with conceiving and with calling in, you know, our spirit baby. And so this whole last year, you know, we went to Egypt and we did a lot of ceremonies there. And then we spent months um, detoxing. Like I did Dr. Cleopatra's program, which we can link for you below in the show notes if you're interested. It was amazing. We had her on the podcast before and she's absolutely incredible. She's a genius. Um, And I did her program, which is about five months. And I really detoxed my body. I detoxed my home. I detoxed my, you know, my mind and really focused on conditioning my spirit and um, or deconditioning my spirit, I should say. And then we really intentionally went in with a ceremony to conceive our baby. And we, you know, like over like three days, we did like a three days like sex ceremony, but also just connecting with our spirit baby over those days. And we got pregnant on the first try that like ceremony. And I swear I felt our baby's spirit like come in, in that ceremony. Like it was absolutely mind blowing. Brian too. Brian was like, that was insane. And we just knew like that if that wasn't it, like then that was just crazy. <laughs> like we were really connecting with their spirit, but they're not ready yet. Um, but it was. And so I found out on my 33rd birthday was the first day that I could test. And yeah, so it was the best birthday gift ever. And then it's so crazy because, you know, you you do all this planning and you're so excited and you're so like, oh my gosh, all the stars are aligning. Like my 33rd birthday found out that I'm pregnant. Da, 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 da. And then you just feel like shit. <laughs> so you don't really get to like, like that celebratory, excited energy that you think you're going to feel like, especially with planning it and dreaming it up and connecting with the energy and all of this, like you feel so um, excited and happy and, and in it. And then the first trimester, I feel like no one really told me. You feel so bad the whole time that it's like, I'm so exhausted that I can't even be excited. (laughs) Like I'm not, I have zero energy towards planning or towards um, even just doing the small things that I was doing before with, uh, you know, just being excited and connecting with the future and what we're creating. And so, yeah, I've just been in the never-ending nausea and the never-ending fatigue chapter. And hopefully that leaves in the next few weeks. But it's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy that that's that's the journey. And like everyone, everyone's just like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. But they don't tell you like, oh no, you're going to have no energy to be excited. So like, just get ready. Because I've been in the like, yep, I'm I'm pregnant. Like... (laughs) 
yeah. I'm just like, making obviously, it through today. Obviously, I knew that people get morning sickness. And, you know, like when my sister-in-law was pregnant, I remember that for the first trimester, she had morning sickness the whole time. But I also haven't been told so clearly like that the first trimester is so challenging and that so much is happening and that you're constantly feeling that. Like it's it's pretty mind-blowing to me that I could have known every single person I know has been born, which means whether they've (laughs) given birth or not, like their mother did to them. And to not know, you know, we just, we are advancing so much and evolving so much. And I'm really grateful that we get to share our voices more clearly because I think that definitely people have felt like that it's just not something that is worth you know, talking about to every person, but it's like, of course we need to share about birth because every single person was born. It's the most profound thing that we could possibly be talking about. So I'm grateful that we can share your journey here. And I'm surprised that we're sharing this in this episode, but I am loving it. And I'm just so grateful. And honestly, it's so interesting. Like Shane and I are so connected that and this whole you know journey was so intentional for you that i really wasn't surprised at all like i knew this whole thing like i could feel and i think so could you on some higher level of course you never know how things are going to play out on the physical plane but like your intention was so clear and strong this whole way through that even when we yeah. were planning going to mexico like months and months ago 5 months ago or something like that when we said yes to it and used our strategies and authorities at that time you're like well if i am pregnant in mexico when we do this you know way before and i knew in that moment like you're going to be i just felt yeah. it i knew and you knew and i mean it's so amazing that here we are i know and it's so crazy with like my g center authority how i just know when something's on my path and it's like yeah. there's no questions around it. Like I knew I wanted to go to this college that, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of people auditioned for and they only accept a few hundred. And I just knew like I'm going to that college. And I didn't apply to any other college. I just knew it was on my path. And there's so many things in my life. Like that's just a good example. But there's so many times in my life where it's like, I just know that that's going to happen. And it's so funny because friends and family, I would say to them like, oh yeah, like we should do this trip. Oh, but I might be pregnant in November. And they they would kind of laugh like, oh, so cute. Like you think you're going to get pregnant on your first try. Like, okay, that's so sweet. Like, and literally then I was, and they were like, holy shit. Like what? How? Like that it's, it was just such a shock and like, so insane to everyone. And of course I was like shocked and delighted and like, oh my gosh, you know, I was right. I just had a feeling like this is, that's just how it's going to be. But also I did have so much intention and so much like energy and uh, clarity going through Mm -hmm. and deconditioning going through this process leading up to this. So they call it your like prime master, like before you conceive, like priming your body and priming your spirit, priming your mind. Like I feel like so many things, even in my human design deconditioning journey has been priming me for, you know, um, creating a life within my body and tapping into the different portals of my body to like call in this insane creation energy that literally we couldn't do if we tried to with our minds. Like surrendering to my body, just kind of taking over. And I think for like the first month I kept saying like, my body is not my own. And now we're on this journey of learning all about human design and pregnancy um, from Ra. And 
it's insane. We now are like, we need to talk about this. We need to teach this because it's pretty wild. Um, seeing how pregnancy changes your design, how your design changes your baby's design during pregnancy, during um, even the conception time and things like that. So it's pretty advanced, but and complex. And of course, um, shared in a lecture by Ross, so a little rough around the edges. <laughs> well, you but... just have to read 100 pages to get like, okay, give it to me. But I'm really excited <laughs> to, to share it too, because it is so fascinating. And like I said, the most sacred thing that we all, this portal that we all enter the world through every single person, it impacts. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the pregnancy journey. I'm going to be sharing it. I'm sure a lot on this podcast. Someone, my really good friend last night sent me, um, uh, like whatever video on Instagram that was like, for everyone who overshares, like, please, keep oversharing. Oversharing only makes boring people uncomfortable because you're you're shaking <laughs> up like they're feeling like they don't get to overshare. And she basically was like, and she said like, so keep sharing. And then once you're done, share some more because I want to hear it all. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I could cry that you sent me this. But also I just think that there's like if everyone shared truly what their journey was like, there would be so much less feeling of of feeling alone or feeling like maybe there's something wrong with you. And even just so far in my journey, I'm like, nobody told me this. Like how? Like people are just like, yeah, I've been sick. Like everyone is, right? Like that's normal. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's normal. But the feeling of it, like the unexpectedness of things that you're feeling, I think are needed to be shared and talked about. So we'll be sharing this podcast. Before we move on to our, (laughs) before we move on to our next thing, I just want to invite everyone who's listening in with us right now, wherever you are in time and space, you know, we are meeting together in this moment since time is not linear on the podcast astral plane. And I want to just invite you to take a breath with us all together and connect in with your body and just give Shana and her future family just a genuine wish of love and positive energy and share any excitement or love that you have or gratitude that you have for her path, sending your blessings and love if you'd like to. And just take a second here together. And so it is. Okay. Thank you. So that's going to echo out for eternity when we all get to meet on this podcast astral plane, which I love because it's so true. Whenever people listen to this, we're all meeting at this very moment, even though we're all in different timeframes and, you know, different places in the world. So Thank you so much for being here with us in this conversation and sharing this big announcement with us. And the next thing that we want to talk about is this soul age um, content that we were talking about in the beginning. And once again, I, I was mentioning that this is coming from a system that's called the Michael system. And this is actually something that my stepdad 
was really into when I was younger. And it's just kind of channeled wisdom about life in general. And there's a lot of books that you can read about it. But I grew up my whole life having this information be just like a part of what I was told is true about life. And I went on my own journey about reincarnation. And, you know, I really went on my own exploration of this is an interesting idea, but do I actually believe this is true? Like what's my actual feeling towards, do we actually incarnate? Do we have past lives? Does our soul advance? Why are we actually here? So in my findings, I I've come back to this Michael system and, and read it again. And I found it to be so valuable and helpful to just understand the trajectory of why our souls come to this earth school, why we're here to learn the lessons that we're here to learn. But it's also really interesting because when we talk about these different soul levels, there's the infant soul age, the baby soul age, young, mature, and old soul. And as we move through them, it also kind of tells the story of the greater human collective evolution and really sort of aligns back to the stories that human design has about the way that we have evolved from this very like primal, five-centered, splenic beings and then evolved and advanced into these um, seven-centered, but with the, with the mind being the, the thing that really guides us, the Ajna awareness center being the thing that is really at the forefront and then evolving into the nine-centered being where our emotions emotional and spiritual realms are the thing that are really guiding us, which is where we're in in our evolution right now. So it's interesting to look at both the, the fractals, right, of the internal soul, the individual soul evolving and advancing on this trajectory, but also the collective. And in the Michael system, you know, it's interesting also because it's just channeled like human design, you know, a group of individuals actually have been able to channel this soul entity that they call Michael, but it's actually a group of ascended souls that deliver these messages and share these downloads. And they say that in general, the world right now has really evolved to this state where we're coming in away from being the most majority of young souls into mature souls. So we're kind of advancing towards that right now, but in general, we live in a world that's based around the, the priorities and the experiences that a young soul would seek in this life. So I wanted to kind of dive in from the beginning. And I also wanted to share that this is not something that I necessarily subscribe to as truth. I just find it fascinating. So I'd love to hear your perspective on it too. Anything that comes up for you, if you agree with it or resonate with this, or if you felt this coming from your own downloads and from your own guides or not. So the first soul age is infant souls. And that would be like the first time that you incarnate onto this earth plane in a body, you would be an infant soul. And in each of these categories, you live several lifetimes. And there's like seven layers to each category, you know, where you advance like subsections with each category. And of course, it depends if you advance and evolve in the next lifetime is if you learned the lessons that are there for you. If you didn't, and you kind of allowed the amnesia of being in a human body to really stop you from learning lessons and growing, then you'll come back and repeat the exact same life lessons in the exact same kind of order. Um, but for infant souls, these are individuals that choose to be born into an environment where survival is the main priority. So those are the life lessons that they are mostly interested... Their soul is interested in learning and having experiences within. So they might choose a place where they experience... Um, 
you know, a lot of natural disasters or where they their physical safety is at risk because of whatever reason. And those life lessons are always going to be around survival. So their sexuality, their food, all of the things that they're doing are really only being able to be looked at or viewed through that perspective of doing this for safety, for survival, et cetera. Now, with each of these soul groups, you know, with infant souls, they also have a, a amazing source of wisdom that you get from being at that soul age perspective. And for infant souls, the pro is that they're often really connected to oneness and to nature, like not even seeing the differentiation between themselves and the animal kingdom, the nature around them. So they have this wisdom to be very present and very in tune. It's almost like because it's their first or some of their first lifetimes in this human body, they're still very connected to that oneness or to that source energy. And of course, you know, babies, we can experience that as well, um, being so connected to that source energy because they haven't had so many experiences yet of being in this human differentiation experience or program. And then the next level of souls would be baby souls. So baby souls are then individuals who have incarnated enough time in an infant soul lifetime where they've learned those lessons and experiences around survival and safety. Then they kind of advanced into this next stage, baby souls, where they need structure and discipline in order to feel comfortable in the world. So these are individuals that are always going to seek environments where they have a lot of external authorities telling them this exactly is the formula for how you live life, for what is right, for what is wrong, for how you make your you know, um, income, for how you pray to God. They're really craving and seeking that discipline, those structures, um, having an authority lay out clear rules for them to follow. So these are often individuals that can be very dogmatic, that think in a very black and white right or wrong kind of energy. And as I'm sharing this, you know, you can really think about the old paradigm I put in quotes, really starting and being built with this energy of an external authority telling you rules, telling you what is right or what is wrong. And it's kind of like this one size fits all energy. And with baby... And I just wanted to add that um, it's important to know that with, you know infant souls and baby souls. And as we go through the different kind of ages of souls that you might experience many lifetimes, Michael System says like seven lifetimes before you move on to the next stage of like evolution within your soul of lessons that you're here to learn. But within those lifetimes, like whether you're an infant soul or an old soul, there is no behind or ahead. Like just because you're an old soul doesn't mean that you're ahead of an infant soul. It is all contributing these lessons to the collective consciousness, which I think in the Michael system, they call the Tao. And so Mm -hmm. human design really reflects that as well, that we are all here in our uniqueness to be exploring the world and contributing to consciousness, to awareness. And whether you are an infant soul that is, you know, let's say homeless on the street and really struggling just to survive and and keep yourself safe, the lessons that you're learning there are contributing to this consciousness, this collective energy that is me, that is you, that is all of us. And if you're an old soul and you're contributing these other 
like profound things that you're seeing and observing to the consciousness. It's the same amount of value and um, importance as the infant soul. So as you're listening mm-hmm. through this, I just want you to remember, like if you could, if you think of someone, because as you hear these, it's like, oh, that's why this person, you know, this is the whole realm that they operate in and they don't see anything other than just trying to survive. Like that might be your parent, that might be your your friend or your uncle or someone. And it's not that you're so much more evolved than them. It's that the lessons that they're here to learn are not the ones that you're here to learn towards contributing towards that collective consciousness in this lifetime. Yeah, totally. And with baby souls, I've met people, especially I remember when I was younger, like 18, 19, and I was really starting to get more into my spiritual journey and reading more books and seeing the world in a different way and really wanting to expand my horizons. I remember having conversations with like my dad's girlfriend's daughter. So kind of like my stepsister, but a new person in my life. And I was trying to tell her about the different things I was interested in. And she was actually asking me about it. But as I was speaking, I just recognized it was going in one ear and out the other. And of course, this is before I knew I was a projector, before I was really aware of like what true recognition was. But I was just seeing that everything I said, she was like, well, don't you want to know what is right or what is wrong? And like, you need to read it in a book. And if you haven't read it in the Bible or whatever it is, then it can't be true. And I was like, yeah, but this is my personal experience or this is something that I've personally wondered about. And it was like every word that I said that was in this other realm, she just couldn't understand it. And the reason this is helpful is because you're like, oh, she must be a baby soul where literally she cannot see outside of those life lessons or outside of those parameters. So I can just let it go. And instead I can even choose to see that every soul age has its beautiful wisdom that you can learn from. So as a baby soul, they often have really strong family units and really strong, like close community units. Once again, this sort of reminds you of thinking about the old paradigm where people are living in quote, that tribal kind of circuitry energy. And they can experience a lot of a less loneliness or less confusion because they do have this black and white. They are coming together with these other people in their lives as an authority and really seeing them so strongly or identifying so strongly as a family unit. So I would really try to just relax, let go of the judgment, let go of saying, why is she like this? Why can't she understand what I'm saying or hear what I'm saying? And instead to just recognize, okay, her soul must be here to learn a different um, set of experiences and has a different language, has eyes to see a completely different world than I do, but I can still learn from the wisdom that she has here. Yes, I love that. Here at De Luna, one of the biggest things we're passionate about is resting. As two projectors, reclaiming our rest has radically transformed our lives. And we feel so passionately about spreading that message. If you're a non-energy being, but even if you're a sacral being, rest is part of celebrating ourselves and listening to our body and living our authenticity. Yeah, there's so many ways to reclaim your rest. And my favorite way, our favorite way is through the way that we dress ourselves and the attire that we literally wear at work or in workshops or out in the world, but also at home while we're working from our computers. So our favorite brand ever is Lunia. And that's because their restwear is so luxurious. It's so high quality. It's all washable silk. And 
it lasts forever, but also it looks legit. Like you can wear that out to the grocery store and people won't really know that you're in your pajamas, but you will know, your soul will know that I literally am still in pajamas and I might change my pajamas that I'm wearing throughout the day based on my, you know, mood or this these are my work pajamas and these are my like lounge pajamas, but honestly, every single pajama that I own at this point is Lunia because the quality is just so good. I started getting Lunia years ago and most clothes when you wash them, you know, they don't last that long. And I kind of hit a point in my life where I wanted to buy quality over quantity. I wanted clothes that really would last me a long time and still look really good and feel good on my body. And that really is what Lunia is all about. So I've been obsessed with Lunia. We are so excited to be able to share Lunia with you as well. And we can offer you 15% off of your first order with Lunia. And you can find the link in the show notes below. Use code DAYLUNA for that 15% off. And trust me, it is worth it. Share it with your partner. Share it with your friends. If you're wanting to have them gift you something for your birthday or for the holidays. This honestly is like the most dreamiest gift ever. It's the gift that I've received for the last four years for every single event in my life. I just want more Lunia. They have robes, they have PJs, they have sets and honestly anything you could ever need. So check that out below. And we're so excited for you to lean into more rest energy in your life. And then the next group would then be young souls. So young souls are really focused on uh, seizing what the physical plane has to offer, really trying to gain positions of prominence and power or great wealth. Um, They often are more competitive in their life cycle and they're trying to kind of uh, gain money, gain influence, and have a better appearance. They're focused on how they're being perceived by the world around them. And they are not likely to question their motives or their ethics. They start to experiment with creativity and travel and food and sexuality, but it's mostly for accolades and like having these external accolades. So I know as I'm saying this, you can think of people even in our um, you know, society like celebrities or p- leaders in in business that this is very much their focus, and that's what they're here to focus on in this life and maybe the next few lives as well. Yeah, and actually, in the book that I was reading about the Michael system, it says that the majority of our celebrities, like ninety five percent, are a part of this soul age because they are so driven on an external plane. And that's because that external is really the thing that they're focused on. It's what their soul has eyes for. It's the experiences that they are aiming for and that are targeting to actualize and to manifest in this lifetime. And this is another one that, you know, this young soul kind of era was sort of the prominent energy that our world is built around. As I mentioned in the beginning, they say that that's now shifting because we are experiencing a mass awakening. But this is another one that I, in my personal life, I've really been able to say, it's okay that this person doesn't recognize me or see my unique form of wisdom because I understand that they're really operating from this young soul consciousness where the only thing that they can see are your awards or how much money you have in your bank or you know 
um, how far up you are in your success. And so it's been able to allow me to let go of bitterness that this person in my life doesn't see me, doesn't recognize me because I can understand this. So um, of course, with all of the, the soul groups or the soul ages, they all have that pro, that wisdom that they have to share. And for young souls, it's that they are so driven to make progress and advancements out in the world because they can set so much energy into motion externally because they have less going on internally. Their internal world is not calling for their attention. So they're really able to um, focus their attention flow onto the external. So that's beautiful. And it contributes so much to our collective to have these advancements, to have this progress. And that's something that is valuable for us as a total. Um, it's just about kind of knowing that if you have people in your life that are you feel like are in this category and our world in general has been built to only um, give credit or only place value on this type of world, this level of consciousness. And then as we move into the next soul age, we call this mature souls. So mature souls are starting to awaken. They're starting to ask these deeper questions beyond the physical, beyond the success. They're starting to say, who am I? Why am I here? And feeling like no matter how much success they create on the financial plane, like that isn't actually fulfilling for them internally. So this is where that energy focus, that soul lessons start to shift into the internal. And actually mature souls can have a difficult time, um, a challenging time awakening to these new internal thoughts that they, you know, their soul hasn't experienced before. Um, opening emotions up, feeling boundaries breaking down between other people. They start to see things from other perspectives and not just from their own singular perspective. They start to have you know, possible relationship issues and a lot more friction because they are seeing things in a more deep and emotional and multifaceted way. And so a lot of mature souls are awakening. They are starting to have this meditative or spiritual interest in their life, wanting to to advance their spiritual or internal world, but there can still be a lot of intensity or friction, a lot of confusion. So a lot of times mature souls end up having these expressions of depression or anxiety. Um, they tend to have use substances to cope with the big internal questions or doubts or friction that they're feeling. So you can think of like, um, you know, the tortured artist is like a great uh, archetype that could help exemplify this mature soul energy. And a lot of mature souls are starting to seek higher education and that creativity and philosophy and expansive sexuality, exploring sexuality beyond just simply procreation, but seeing our creative energy and the powers that lie within that. Um, but a lot of mature souls are really wanting to turn away from very intentionally the impressive accomplishments that the young souls would place value on. So you see a lot of mature souls that purposefully are like, I want to learn, I want to go to this university, but I want it to be one that doesn't have a famous name that isn't going to impress other people because they're really trying to sort of rebel against or break away from that young, that young soul consciousness. So for a lot of mature souls, they 
are having the spiritual depth, but it's also then the the key note that you can differentiate is the friction they feel or the inner turmoil they feel. And of course, there's all of these different levels within each, right? So if you're a beginning, like a first level mature soul, then you could experience a lot of tension or a lot of internal friction. Whereas if you're more advanced, like let's say a seventh level or a sixth level mature soul, it can feel a bit more easier. You're starting to kind of get the hang of having more internal questioning and depth happening. And the pros of being a mature soul, it's all about really tapping into your creativity, um, allowing these more philosophical things be in the prominence in in your life, beginning to see the illusion of life, beginning to see that reality really isn't what we have thought it was previously. And in the Michael system, they say that we're starting to see this be more and more of a prominent energy right now in this in this current time that we're in, right? So once again, you can sort of see not only is this on an individual soul level that we advance through these stages and also in our own life, you know, even if you're an old soul, when you're born into this lifetime, you still kind of go through these different phases at different points in your life and you reach your peak state of consciousness, they say around age 35. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, even if you are a mature soul and let's say like in your seventh life and in, in that um, or seventh cycle in that stage, when you're born, right? You're still learning and discovering like, okay, I'm literally surviving and then going into... Uh, what are the connecting rules? Connecting with others. Follow, yeah, following the rules and connecting with others and then asking who am I and why am I here? And um, you're always going to have that evolution as you are literally growing throughout your life in this lifetime or this cycle. But it's interesting because this information, it's almost like a self-assessment, right? Of hearing Mm -hmm. this information and assessing like, you know what? I feel like I'm a mature soul, but maybe in my sixth cycle, maybe towards Mm -hmm. the end of that, or actually I'm really resonating with being a young soul. And that's amazing. Whatever the things that are resonating with you here, like I said before, it's not about judging like this is bad or this is good. It's about saying, okay, these are the, this is the realm that I'm here to get the most wisdom, the most juice out of, the most um, awareness and consciousness out of. So let me really be here because that's what I came to be in, in this lifetime. Yeah, totally. And this system is, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, like something I think is really interesting. But I also think it's funny when we try to make something so cut and dry, so linear, when I know that that's not how life is. That's not how the highest expression of our multidimensionality is. Like even the idea of past lives is kind of a humanized 3D take on that because time is all happening right now in one moment, right? We don't, the past doesn't really, isn't really in that linear past the way that we're looking at it. So I think that categorizing these with such a strict, like you can only be a a six level mature soul in this lifetime. (laughs) I think that that's just kind of like putting these confinements where we are such this more expansive, um, multidimensional nature than that. But I do think it's interesting, right? Because I personally, this has helped me 
so many times in my life, yeah. especially as a projector feeling unrecognized by someone, I can understand, I can let go because I just have this level of understanding. And then also the second piece of it, then not judging that person because they're in a different consciousness level or a different state level state than you are, but instead using this to just promote more awareness understanding, acceptance, and ultimately love, which is the same formula that we really like to use human design with. Yes. And so let's get into the last soul. Yeah. So the last category is old souls and old souls are here to really perceive the interrelatedness of all people. So that true oneness, they intuitively feel even from a young age, even while they're going through the other levels of maturing, they still feel this kind of integrative wholeness, this, this feeling of being part of something bigger. And they're really here to live in integrity. They're here to live in authenticity. They're really trying to learn how to experience differentiation with acceptance and without judgment. Um, So kind of that same message that we were just talking about. And with the difference with mature souls and old souls is that old souls have kind of let go of the inner turmoil of the emotional realm. And instead they're beginning to really learn how to just allow the emotional highs and lows to be part of the ride, to be part of the journey and to not get so attached or wrapped up in the emotions that they end up throwing us off track, but instead to really allow those emotional ups and downs to be part of what helps us grow and advance spiritually and to kind of um, have a bit more objectivity when we experience them. So they really do not see things in black and white or right and wrong because they've experienced so many different past lives in so many other states. They can remember on a soul level, these other perspectives or what it felt like to be within them. And so that... Um, indecisive. It can look like indecisiveness to other soul groups. Other soul ages can be like, since you can't say that this is right or wrong or black and white, they can perceive that as appearing to be passive or appearing to be weak. But actually, this is a great form of soul maturity is to see all of the many shades of gray, to see that there is not one truth, but that truth comes from many, many, many different perspectives and um, angles. And so as an old soul, you're really focusing on marching to the beat of your own drum, following your own inner authority, allowing yourself to be totally unique, totally different, walking your soul's purpose or path. And a a big key note to um, those who are in this soul group, they're wanting to work less on the physical, but they're wanting to to reach a state of abundance with less effort. So that energy of not wanting to just put their head down and work, 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 and put all of their energy into the physical, they're instead wanting to create more spaciousness where they reach a level of abundance with more ease. And so because of that, they're often drawn to studying things like astrology or metaphysics or different oracle readings, tarot cards, ancient teachings that help us understand life easier so that we get these keys, that we unlock things and we are able to create more ease in our lives. I would say human design definitely falls into this category. So chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already someone who's drawn to these kind of ways, 
but we all are obviously in different places and know people in different places. And with being an old soul, one of the major challenges is actually mastering your self-esteem in this lifetime, like really seeing your value because you feel such a disresonance with the young soul agenda of only wanting progress for the sake of progress without your morals or without your ethics or only viewing your worth on your material success or how much you're working, how hard you're working. So because of that, old souls can feel like, do I even belong here? Do I even have a sense of value for this material world that I'm a part of? So they're really here to go on that journey, to find their internal self-worth, self-esteem, and the value that they bring to this physical plane and to embrace the fact that they are still here in this material realm, that they chose to be here, that they have so much wisdom to offer. Um, Another challenge for anyone that is in this old soul um, age is to learn to truly love being in a physical body. So this is one of the things that like an infant soul or a baby soul, even they don't even have to think about it. They're just in their body in some ways. And for an old soul, it feels like, why am I in this human meat sack that is in this 3d realm? Why do I have to feed my body? Why do I have to exercise it? Um, and I really resonate with that at certain points in my life. I think Shana too, like we always say like, oh, it's such a chore to have to feed this body and nourish this body. And I know for other people, it's one of their passions. Like it's one of their art forms. So that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're an old soul or not. If you love being in your physical body or not, it's just saying that that can be a big challenge for, for those who have this like old soul energy. So learning to love your body, learning to um, master really feeling your body and taking care of it and being empowered around your health, around your sexuality, around your nutrition, all of those are really powerful and grounding lessons for an old soul that will help them Um, embrace this realm that we're in so that we can share our wisdom in that space. Yes. And in this old soul journey, you know, having, building or manifesting some sort of mastery so that way you can manifest abundance with less effort. So you have a pleasurable and exciting existence on this planet because you are physically here on this planet. I think that's another big thing um, big lesson as an old soul that you're here to navigate and really ground in. And I resonate with that because so much of my life has been not having a body, <laughs> not yeah. uh, not wanting to play by the rules to exist in this physical realm. So yes. I think it's really interesting hearing all of these different ages and um, it does help you to release comparison and release judgment of other people, especially in this time right now where we're maybe being around people in our families or in our friends that are so different from us um, with the holidays here. And, you know, being around that difficult parent or that, um, you know, grandparent that really doesn't accept you or see you fully, being able to know like, okay, in this lifetime, or at least in their consciousness right now, where they are, where they've been, we're just on two different soul lessons and two Mm -hmm. different soul planes. And so I can just let them be there. I don't need to fix them. I don't need to convince them. I don't need to change them. They just don't have the eyes to see me as I see myself. And that's great. Let me focus on what my lessons are. 
Totally. And I just wanted to share a few more things that I read that I think were so interesting. I don't know if I subscribed mm-hmm. to them or not. I just thought it was interesting. Um, one thing about old souls, like they can obviously struggle with finances or with abundance because they're not having the same focus as a young soul and all of those things. But it's actually so important for mature and old souls to be able to provide for themselves financially so that they have enough of the things that they want in this physical realm to enjoy being here on earth in their physical body. So that theme of financial freedom is actually so important, even if you are a mature or an old soul. Whereas that might kind of sound like opposite if when you first hear about it, like, oh, old souls are not um, interested in earning money. They just want to live in a cabin in the woods. And that can be true for some people, especially if you're like a first level old soul. But actually financial freedom is so huge. And also for the majority of people who are awakening right now, and the majority of the planet is kind of tipping into this uh, mature soul level, the most important thing we can focus on is actually learning how to navigate our emotional realm um, because those emotions can feel so intense. They can feel like they really rock us. So something I just wanted to share, I think is interesting is how much that reflects the path of human evolution through the lens of human design. You know, we say in human design that in order to advance and to evolve spiritually, the number one thing we need to learn how to navigate is our emotions. So whether you have a defined emotional center or an undefined starting with yourself, but then also how do you impact and affect others around you who either have the same design or different designs? So I just think that that's a really interesting connection. Um, and yeah, with, with these, these soul levels, I'm curious to hear what resonates with you, what doesn't, if there's anything that you feel like, Oh, that doesn't really resonate with me or, or I don't believe in this way. I'd love to hear your perspectives. And we just wanted to share this because it's just something fun to keep in mind as we are navigating so many different gatherings that a lot of us are experiencing during this time. Yeah. And this has been really helpful in our lives. Like I remember meeting you in college and you sharing this information with me for the first time. And, you know, I had been coming out of a very Christian religious background. And the idea of past lives for me was like so taboo. And of Mm. course, you were raised as like that was completely normal. And, but it, it just made such complete sense. And then starting to think about, you know, everyone always says like, oh, you're such an old soul or, you know, whatever. Um, but then really seeing that and and observing and seeing what that means in your own life and in the lives around you. And maybe that's just a label because people need to categorize you and maybe they're a baby soul. Um, really just starting to observe that and then allow yourself to have more acceptance. I think there's so many correlations within the Michael system and human design as far as why we're here and how we're contributing, as far as our uniqueness and how we're all different, as far as how we're here to evolve internally on our own unique geometry and how we help other people to do the same. Um, And human design really talks about past lives a lot as well. So I just think it's really fascinating. Just a little um, holiday thought 
<laughs> yeah. Gift. Something gift. to keep in mind, a, a new perspective yeah. just to help you navigate if that comes up for you. Because for me, usually it does. You know, we like go to a Christmas party at my in-laws house and then my other in-laws house because we're all like blended families and come from divorced parents. So we have like, you know, five different Christmas parties with people from all different walks of life. And you're, you know, meeting someone who was a lawyer and they resonate so strongly with laws and that kind of like baby soul energy. And you just feel like as an old soul or maybe even a mature soul, you feel like, wow, they just totally uh, steamrolled me with this like right or wrong. And so your perspective, this open gray, all of the different shades of gray and many different truths just get steamrolled. So for me, it's been like, okay, this is how I keep my peace and you know, start to just have this psychology of understanding those different levels. Yes. So we are going to be enjoying the holidays for the next few weeks. We hope that you are as well. And just give yourself that space to always, of course, be using your strategy and authority. Um, But starting to observe the people in your life, I think the more challenging dynamics are like somebody who's older than you, but maybe they don't see you because they're a younger soul than you. Um, Like a parent, for example, and you've Mm -hmm. always felt like their parent. Um, These more challenging dynamics, I think, can be really helpful to have this lens. So we hope that you have an amazing holiday season. We're going to be back in just a few weeks and I'm going to be resting. I'm going to be sleeping. I'm going to be trying not to barf. (laughs) I'm going to be eating all my (laughs) cravings, which have been many. Um, Oh, tell them your biggest craving for a while there. Oh yeah. I was craving mustard for a while (laughs) where I literally just wanted to eat mustard. Like spoon spoonfuls of mustard um and which is so pro- looking funny. at the properties of mustard it was just so cool to see like what my baby was craving and needing um and being supported by so it's been a really fun journey i've just been leaning into it but i'm somebody who doesn't eat meat i only eat fish um i'm a pescatarian but there have been moments where like i i really just needed some rotisserie chicken um or mm-hmm. Um, leaning into that. So I've it's only been a few moments here and there and I haven't been getting sick. So that's been interesting, but I've just been listening to my body. So my wish for you over the next few weeks is to listen to your body, give yourself some major credit. If you can rest, please do. And um, just reflecting on this energy, where your soul is, how your soul has evolved, giving yourself credit, your soul credit for all of the lessons that you've learned, even in just this lifetime, but also right now and all the different lifetimes that you're occupying in different timelines and different realms, just giving yourself that held acceptance over the next few weeks is my wish for you. And reach out anytime. You can find us on our website, daylunalife.com. You can also find us on Instagram at dayluna. If you missed our holiday orders, it is too late to get a ritual kit in time for the holidays, but you obviously can can still order them um, until they're sold out, which will be soon. Um, and you'll receive that you know, after the holidays. And is there anything else, Dana, that we want to... I just wanted to plant the seed that we're going to be doing our second cohort of Kiss Goodbye or 9 to 5 in the new year. And doing that 
our first cohort of it, I really felt like this is one of the most important things that we've shared because our career lives are take up so much of our time. And I think for a lot of us, you know, with this conversation of mature souls or old souls, but like learning how to provide for yourself and have financial freedom on this earth plane, learning to kind of get behind the rules of this world so that you can have freedom and enjoy being in your body, enjoy this life and be free to share your wisdom instead of like working and putting your nose to the grind, all of those lessons are so powerful. And I think human design has been the thing that has helped us to free ourselves and to reach this state of empowerment and financial freedom. And the more that we look out into the world, we just see that this is something that is so needed. We need to feel this empowerment of how we can change the the feeling like a slave to working for someone else, doing something that's not fulfilling and wasting our energy and how we can make that shift into sharing our true soul purpose and being able to provide for ourselves in a world where it's not set up for that. It's not easy to do that, but it is so possible, so worth it. And it's easier than you think once you get kind of on board and you have the tools. So I just wanted to plant that seed. If you have been feeling the call to make a big shift in 2024 in your career life and to really step into that next level of soul purpose, make sure that you keep your eyes open for all of the information about when we're going to be running that second cohort. And I'm so excited. I can't wait. I already know that 2024 is going to be such a powerful and expansive year in the Chinese Zodiac. It's the year of the dragon. And I think that we're all going to feel that rising, that internal fire, that empowerment wanting to come to life. So I'm excited for that. And stay tuned. You can find all the information about Kiss Goodbye or 9 to 5 either on our website, daylunalife.com or on our Instagram at dayluna. And thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We love you. We are sending so much gratitude to you on your path. Thank you for being here with us.